You're listening to the fourth episode of Fresh Floppies. Let's go. What's up to our sidekicks and hench folk out there in the Geek Nation? My name is Noel, and thank you for joining Fresh Floppies. What is Fresh Floppies? This is a review show specifically of single-issue comic books that are out on the stands today. We're talking the freshest of single-issue comics. Not graphic novels, not collected editions, absolute editions, compendiums, omnibuses. No, 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 no. We're just talking about the freshest of floppy-issue single comics that are coming out this week. Normally, I'm joined by a very articulate, hilarious, fun uh, co-host by the name of Johnny Destructo of Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex located on 4327 Main Street uh, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. But he's under the weather. So I am going to have to uh, power through. I'm going to have to power through and try to be as engaging and entertaining and um as little as possible. Um, 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 yay. I think I'm going to have to do that as little as possible to make sure that this stays a fresh, engaging, fun conversation about some of the freshest comics that are coming out this week. I would love for you guys to just play this and listen to it on your way to the shop. So like maybe there's a little something we're going to talk about today that you weren't thinking of picking up, but now you might. I think the first book that we should talk about this week, it's we're going to we're going to start at an ending. So a couple a year ago, I guess, because it's issue 12, uh, but a, a year plus ago, uh, a juggernaut of a comic book came out and juggernaut. I mean, by like just the media footprint of everyone talking about it called Berserker. Uh, maybe you didn't know it was called Berserker because there's no vowels. It's just B-R-Z-R-K-R. Um, co-written by Keanu Reeves and Matt Kent with art by Ron Garney. This book was hyped more than any other book that I've, I remember in a very long time, especially not by the big two. Um, and it finally comes to a close, or at least this first big story or big chapter comes to a close. Uh, it's issue 12. It came, it comes out today. Um, uh, yeah, Keanu Reeves, Matt Kent, Ron Garney. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the series thus far. Uh, I I don't know many people in my normal circle that are, are current with it, have continued reading it past like the fourth or fifth issue. Uh, not for any reason other than there's lots of stuff to read, and I think there was a couple of delays. Is this book good? I think so. Maybe. Kind of. Uh, I, I, read, I read the whole thing, finished today. It is 12 issues with maybe only about five issues of story, five to six issues of story. I, um, I, this was a really interestingly paced comic book. Uh, I, I recommend it. It's good. Um, but I, I can't help but feel like they stretched it real thin for that 12, uh, especially the way that this ending is backloaded. I, I swear halfway through like issues like five through eight, barely anything seemed to happen. And it was a very like ephemeral and existential comic book with very little action. And then all of a sudden this 12th issue is like a trade paperbacks worth of, of story and plot points. It's like they, it's like they took forever in the first and second, the first act, let's just say the first act was like eight issues of this comic. And then this last 12th issue so much happens and so much time passes and so many things occur. It's, it's, um, it's kind of wild. Like 
I like where it ended up and I might be interested in continuing after this, but it was a, it was a long stretch and then a, uh, what's the, what's the terminology? Hurry up and wait. Like it was just, or, but the opposite of that. Yeah, no, that was a terrible analogy. I don't think that works. It's just, it was, it was a long road and then a very, very speedy climax. Uh, and I, I'm still processing it, honestly. Um, presentation. Boom Studios has some of the best printing. Like, I think last week we talked about um, Dark Horse has just awesome feeling presented books like the the paper stock, the matte finish. Um, it doesn't feel like a comic book that will fall apart in your hands. Boom Studios follows in that suit. It's very, very well-constructed book. Um, it's But, of course, there's 48 covers and that's that. But um it's a it's a it's a very pretty book. It's a solid book. Ron Garney's art, I don't know if it's the strongest I've ever seen Ron Garney, but it's still very effective storytelling wise. I it, it over the last 12 issues it's gotten a little looser uh for better or worse. Um but yeah, I I I think I'm going to my first impressions were like a, a a shrug emoji and like, yeah, it was fine. Um but I I think it's going to sit with me for a little bit because there were some things that happened in this book. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I lost the thread a couple times about just quantum physics and gods and deities and stuff <laughs> that uh, it didn't. It's not that it went over my head. It was just probably the most unengaging way to present the information. And then there was like a two month wait before you kind of continued the conversation. Um Often too, I'm 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 in the position of being like, hey, less is more. It's a visual medium, so let the art do most of the talking, and don't overwhelm me with with info dumps. Um, I really wish this book had a couple of info dumps, because <laughs> there's things that happen between panels or just like with side glances that it's like, no, 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 no. This isn't like normal human dynamics that I can understand by just a visual. You're you're creating a new kind of ordinary world of immortals and and gods mating with humans and passing the power and a cult and like it's it's new information so them being very cavalier with how they present it just felt like there were pieces missing and or I just didn't get it so if you're reading this keep reading it you might just be blown away but i i got to sit with it for a little longer so I think that kind of puts me in the fresh enough camp. Uh, it's I don't think it's very, very fresh. Uh, this book kind of fell off uh, in, in excitement as well as just in pacing. But it also wasn't isn't barely fresh because it's it's a solid comic book. These are all good creators and they know what they're doing they're doing. And they did technically land the ending for me, but I it was it really did feel like a lot stretched out and then just like chunked in at the end so i i would just like fresh enough i think we're gonna land on for me the second book i'd like to talk about today is superman lost number one or it's superman colon lost uh number one by christopher priest with art by carlo pagulian um i believe the last time i saw Carlo Pagulian has done tons of stuff, but I just, I always associate him with him. Uh, uh, I think some Hulk stuff with 
uh, with Greg Pack. But either way, um, I'm I'm a little bit of a, a latecomer to Christopher Priest's work. I, I really have been enjoying it. I also enjoy just how um, sometimes esoteric it is. Um, so this this comic, uh, Superman Lost, is about uh, Superman and Lois being them. I feel like it's it's obviously or. I wouldn't say obviously. It feels like it's out of continuity because they don't have a son, and it's a, it seems a little early in their marriage. They're both just investigative journalists, and he's on the uh, uh, Justice League. But um, he goes on a call one day um, and comes back immediately. Goes on a call with the Justice League one day, comes back immediately, um, and seems spaced out and not all together. And um, Lois is like, you just left. What's going on? What's going on? And he was like, well, I've been gone for 20 years. Um, and then all of a sudden, Bruce Wayne shows up and kind of explains what just happened. Um, this book was wonderful. <laughs> this book was really, really cool. So it um, it is, it is a, a Justice League mission that kind of goes awry in some very specific way. Uh, and Superman gets lost, comes back, but no time has passed for us. And it sets up kind of maybe telling the story about what happened that past 20 years and what kind of uh, person he may have come back as. But uh, the way that Christopher priest writes this, I, I, I have a soft spot for um, competent people or, or very knowledgeable people example, like giving examples of how knowledgeable they are, or how smart they are. So unfortunately a, a, a trope of superhero comics is a lot of the times the dialogue in in you know in action it's just like get them there over here oh my god we got this but let's say you watch something like uh, a medical show or or like er or something and they very confidently are talking about what they're going to do in real time or you know in the er about like this condition and this many things and stat blah 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 just throwing out a bunch of terminology that you don't know as the layman it doesn't I don't need to know what those things are and what that terminology is to understand that you, the character, are very knowledgeable and you're doing something that's beyond my skill set in order to save this person or do this, right? So like that idea of like I'm watching AR and medical dragons flying fast and loose, but it doesn't necessarily need to know what that means. Christopher Priest does that with the superhero genre. <laughs> so you've got like... Um, Green Lantern and Wonder Woman and the Flash and they need to stop a military skirmish uh, on sea and in air. So like a submarine and a couple of fighter jets. And in normal superhero comics, you would just have like somebody say, I got them and I got this and good job. But Green Lantern actually talks about how like, oh, well, these specific types of, of, of jets are terrible with small types of scans so i'm going to do this and do this and and wonder woman's just like with my jet i'm actually going to mess with the wind speed of this to make sure that they're not able to get a lock on like like they're they're getting into the nitty-gritty of actually accomplishing something that seems impossible and i gotta tell you it was so fun to read <laughs> and then they get into the whole like kind of timey-wimey craziness of how superman may have been lost for 20 years and it's it is so in the weeds almost hard it's almost hard sci-fi but i'm so down with it by then about you know just having a good time reading smart people be smart that i'm like yeah let's go of course i understand quantum uh, physics now um but uh but i gotta say this was a really really fun read that kind of felt like it came out of nowhere i don't always associate a, a writer like christopher priest with the justice league or superman but 
every time he starts a project, it's always worth giving a shot, you know? Like, it, he's just such a good writer. Um, so I loved this. I thought that this was super fresh, incredibly fresh. Give it a shot. Book presentation, I mean, it's it's DC. Uh, so the covers are slightly thicker, and then there's also an option. For, I think almost every comic book now from DC has an option of a cardstock cover. It's a buck more, but it's just a variant cover. Um, I think they've been doing open orders for variants for the most part, and then just a couple of really special ones. But I think one of the variants for this is um, Joe, like one of Joe Casada's first. It might be Joe Casada's first um, uh, variant cover or any work for for DC, which I think is really fun, um, and it's a really beautiful cover too. But um, but yeah, no, I if this had fallen off your radar or you just had no idea that this book was coming out, I loved it. I thought it was great, so I w- I would highly suggest giving it a shot. The next book that I want to talk about is the latest addition into the massive verse. That is the shared universe uh, that's located inside of Image Comics, uh, spearheaded by Kyle Higgins and his uh, creative colleagues. Uh, this book called No One, No Slash One, uh, is co-written by Kyle Higgins and Brian Bucoletto with art by Geraldo Borges. Yeah. Um, this is, like I said, the, the most recent addition to the universe um other books include radiant black rogue sun the dead lucky and miniseries uh radiant pink and radiant red i'm sure there will be more but either way this is kind of a this whole universe is almost share it's shared but none of the books really touch each other other than the radiant books like the radiant pink and the radiant red miniseries kind of relate to uh events that are happening in radiant black but honestly most of these books you could read alone um which is a a feature not a bug but this one specifically just came out today um it is a 10 issue miniseries um with a comp uh, a complimentary uh adjoining a uh additional podcast <laughs> so so uh this book is about uh, a vigilante, a hacktivist, I'm not exactly sure the full story yet, we were only really introduced, um, who some time ago had, uh, in Pittsburgh some time ago, had uh, launched the Accountability Project, which was essentially just like a list and the receipts for a bunch of people in positions of power and how they should be held accountable for, insert question mark here, two of the people, I think, were killed then, and then the killer was called, yada yada, a uh, uh, I forget Rowe, Richard Rowe, I think the name of the, the vigilante was. Um, and since then there have been a couple of copycat Richard Rose, Rose <laughs> copycats of the vigilante that are kind of finishing the list of people on the accountability project or to make them accountable. Um, so it is purely a detective story, uh, a modern noir because our main characters so far are, uh, the caught vigilante in prison, uh, a disgraced police chief, I believe it is, the rank, and a investigative journalist who is trying to not cover this story but keeps kind of getting dragged in. Um, one of the ways in which she's being dragged in is to um, develop a podcast for the, the newspaper. <laughs> and the podcast you can go listen to after this issue. So every issue will have a new episode of the podcast. Think um, like serial, uh, but done by a local news organization that is actually 
working in the city that these fictional events are, are occurring. So, so it's, it's, it is a very satisfying read. There's a lot of information in here. The end, the, the back half two of the issue is some fake Wikipedia pages of some of the players, some, um, uh, court paperwork. Like it really is a bit of a full immersive meal about like this case and, all of the all of the the comings and goings and it's it's definitely setting up a really fun mystery how it fits into the massive verse i don't know who cares it's just it's just kind of fun um which i really love about these books uh this thing that kyle higgins is is building is creating um when people in comics especially say something like shared universe um, the implication, especially historically, is that all of these books are going to connect to each other to lead up to a thing to do this. And it's like, you know, it's really five miniseries, but it's really one through 15. Like, like they're all in lockstep with each other. But what it's starting to feel like specifically is that Kyle Higgins and his friends have just created a sandbox. And inside this sandbox, we've got a bunch of different genres. And you can pick and choose as you go. Like Radiant Black is a pure superhero book in the same vein of like in Invincible and, and Spider-Man. Rogue Sun is very, it's supernatural. It's it's magic. It's it's New Orleans uh, voodoo and sorcery, but through kind of a bit of a superhero lens. And this is purely investigative journalism and, and you know, catching a, catching a killer, a, a noir mystery. So I love the idea that a lot of these books are oh and and then uh the dead lucky is um kind of a what if uh what if a tech company controlled a city and how it would become a fascist state. These are all very different books, but they all kind of exist in the same world and they're it's it's really fun to read. I I, I it's shared, but I would almost I would almost not use those words because if you're talking to a comic book reader, they have a very specific kind of notion as to what shared means. Like, oh, I'm not going to start reading now because I'm not reading the five tie-ins. No, screw that. Just start one of these books because they are their own kind of uh, vibe and they're all really strong so far. Presentation, um, solid, just solid book. Uh, like uh, the the, it's not a cardstock cover, but it's a thick book, uh, nice thick paper stock doesn't fall apart or, or bow or anything like that. It's a great, it's a great floppy. Uh, I picked up the cover C, I think it is. Yeah. Cover C, uh, by Mark Englert, which is actually, <laughs> it looks, it's, it's designed to look like the, uh, you know, the, um, the advertising screen or advertise page or the, the, the save screen for the, um, um, podcast, which is funny. And I haven't listened to the podcast yet, but I will. Uh, probably after I record this because I'm kind of all in. This is uh, this is fun, and especially like that it's a ten issue miniseries. Um, I have said this before; I'll say it again. I love endings. I <laughs> I love it when a story is going somewhere. When I'm reading something like Spider Man, I know that it's going to go on forever, but there should be a story. Uh, jump on and drop off points there should at least be some facsimile of an ending it's when it's when things are just stretch out forever and it feels like that that i just i start to i start to shake and these massive versive books have not felt like that and the fact that we've got like a a nice contained mini series uh that is specifically a mystery i'm assuming we're gonna find out the uh keys to the mystery at the end of this so that's great woohoo um i this is super fresh I, i thought that this was an incredibly fresh book um, I would highly suggest giving this a shot, even if you are not 
up to date in the massive universe, the massive verse. Um, if you just like crime noir and, and smart people being smart and journalists doing their jobs and multimedia projects with, with a bunch of back matter and, and side stuff. Yeah, man, go to town. This, this, I think this is, I think you'll, this will be right up your alley. You'll enjoy it. Now I did not finish, uh, Christopher Cantwell's Iron Man run. I think I read the first 15 or 16 issues and just haven't picked up like the last trade yet. Um, but a very, a very wonderful part of his run was the relationship between Hellcat, uh, Patsy Walker and Tony Stark. And he seems to have continued her story, uh, Patsy Walker's story into a miniseries, uh, which came out today. Hellcat number one, uh, of five, I believe with, uh, it's written by Christopher Cantwell with art by Alex Linz, L I N S never heard of this artist, but, uh, I like their work. Uh, but, um, but yeah, um, I, I, I know nothing about Patsy Walker, Hellcat, Patsy Walker, Hellcat, uh, or just Hellcat, AKA Patsy Walker. Uh, other than, um, she's got a dope costume. She used to be a child, uh, star child actor and her mother, uh, made, wrote books and, and comics and stuff about her. So she comes from money. Um, so that's pretty much all I knew about her. Uh, but then in reading Christopher Cantwell's, uh, Iron Man run, uh, and, and other people could probably have told me this or I, a Wikipedia page could tell me this, but the character is, I guess, deep seated or deeply rooted in supernatural ongoings in the Marvel universe. I guess she was like married to Damien Hellstorm, Damon Hellstorm and stuff, or, and is, is, uh, um, uh, has telepathy like there's there is so much about this character and it, it i know like being a, a jaded uh older reader i'm sure it was a bunch of plot points that they threw at this character over the last like 40 or 50 years um and then you've got somebody like christopher cantwell coming in and like nah, i'm gonna make it all count <laughs> so this is a this is very much a supernatural <laughs> a spooky book but you know with hellcat and um it's great. It's it's a really fun first issue. Uh, it's the 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 art by Alex Linz is, um, it's it's very well done. Like the okay, so it's it's a it's a it's a sketchier kind of more fluid style, but the panel layouts are really really kinetic and really really engaging. You know, fight scenes with uh with jagged panels uh, it, to the point where it, it almost looks like it was a very defined uh laid out page and the energy from the skirmish on the page just kind of shook up the panels. That's kind of what it feels like sometimes. Like they're, they're almost, it's, it's, it, it reads like strategic chaos, which could, it, it could have gone very wrong. However, with this layout and the way that this story kind of is, is presented, it's, it's a really fun read and the art I really dug. Uh, I not gonna lie. It is not, it is not typically the style that I'm drawn to, but it was really good. Um, the story here, uh, is uh, things are going a little wonky in, uh, Patsy's life since, um, her, uh, relationship with Tony, uh, and the supernatural stuff is kind of coming a little bit harsher to the surface to the point where she doesn't, her abilities are very wonky. So she finds herself, uh, next to, uh, a very, very mangled body uh, of somebody that she knows. And the cops arrest her, asking her many questions. And she doesn't have all the answers because she doesn't remember everything that happened, but knows that it was supernatural and that she's pretty sure she didn't kill this guy. Um, and that's kind of where we jump. 
uh it is it's it's an interesting issue it is very much it very much kind of suffers from that issue one of a miniseries feel where it's barely more than a cold open which you know your mileage may vary but for me it was a nice taste into what this miniseries will be like and i think i might finish the whole thing i not i think i might i will finish this whole miniseries i love uh i love little uh little five issue johns because they uh they're in and out and when they're strong they're very satisfying but yeah i'm, I'm hoping this uh this turns out well and Cantwell is quickly becoming uh, a writer I really, really, really appreciate. Uh, the Iron Man stuff that I read was great. I know that he has a Namor uh, miniseries. Uh, I haven't had a chance to read that, but I'm really looking forward to. His Doom stuff was really fun. Um, he gets he gets these characters in a way that doesn't shy from the very silly aspects of these characters. Like he just presents them forefront and pushes through them in a way that's very refreshing and referential. It's very, it's, it's fun. It was especially fun in the Iron Man one where like the main, one of the main characters was Frogman. I mean, it was great. And, and that's the same kind of vibes here, just uh, with a little bit of a supernatural hell bent. Um, presentation. Uh, the, the binding is fine, uh, but it is a flimsy comic book. Uh, the, the cover is barely thicker than the pages. Um, I'll probably will complain about that every week. Um, but it is what it is. The, I wish they were a little bit, um, had a little bit more meat on them. Uh, in, in regards to the, the printing process, other publishers do it, but for some reason, I mean, not for some reason, I know the reason Marvel publishes so many books a month that, uh, it just, some of them are a little flimsier. Uh, I wish they weren't, but, uh, but that's where the prestige and collection formats come in. I don't know what to tell you, but, uh, I would say that this book was fresh. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as like hardcore as like super hella fresh. It was just, it was a fresh book. It was, it was, uh, my expectations were mid. And I was I was surprised not only by the story but by the art. This is a fun read. Uh, if you're in the bag for this creative team and or just kind of uh, Marvel horror books, this is uh, this might surprise you. I would give it a shot. Speaking of horror books, the last book I want to talk about today is the second issue of Harrower by Justin Jordan and Bram Revel. Um, I am not a giant fan of horror comics not because i hate horror i freaking love horror i just don't know it always works for me in the printed format for me the most fun aspects of horror especially in film or in audio is messing playing with the the senses you know like the music the the sound design the goopiness the the visceral kind of energy of horror and not even gory just the visceral energy of horror and how it just gets you to react is something that often isn't able to be captured in just a comic book or just on the page so i don't typically fall for not fall for but like fall in love with horror novels or horror comics but i i keep searching and i keep trying so like the the last one that i truly loved and really liked was uh maniac of new york because it took the premise of like a jason kind of character inside new york and took it to like the next natural conclusion or where you can't 
kill them or stop them. So you just kind of live with it and treat it like almost like a weather patterns of if the maniac appeared here or there and look out for maniac sightings or closer to Halloween, it's like maniac season. Like I thought that that was really funny, but it also took the premise seriously inside. So, so it was a horror movie. It was a horror book, but it also knew what it was. So like when you strike that balance, uh, it works for me. And I got to say, Harrower was really fun. Like really, really fun. You've got a supernatural killer type of character that is summoned. Don't really have all the details yet, but it, it shot out of the gate in the first issue. Gave me a really, really fun twist at the end. And then this second issue is basically the uh, uh, title character, the Harrower, um, who has a great design. Um just kind of going to town on a college party. <laughs> I mean, there's story around it, but the centerpiece of this issue is a a melee inside of a of a of a house party, and it is it is uh, uh it's something. <laughs> it's it's a lot of it's a lot of limbs and slashes, and the like. They keep paying off that twist in the first issue where you've got a character in there who may not have the most <laughs> altruistic and earnest motivations. Well, he might, they might be earnest motivations. They just may not be, uh, to the benefit of the rest of the group, uh, just hanging in there. And it's, it's a really, really fun book. And it, again, it ends with another nice little, uh, uh, button at the end. This is a fun book. Presentation is, is, uh, uh, just below top notch. It's a boom studios book. They always have very good paper quality. Um, binding is great. Um, it is a, regular sized issue um and it's just a four issue miniseries so if the pace of this book keeps up it is going to be a shot out of a cannon kind of all takes place in one night fun romp and i'm here for it i like this was a really fun book um i i yeah i am i a horror comic fan now Oof, that's a i have to have to come to terms with that with myself but either way uh if the hero were and uh maniac of new york are my my entry points in i'm i'm I can't lose. Um, so yeah, I would, I would give this a, this is fresh rating. This is a fun book. Um, issue one is still available, uh, to find and it's two issues into four. I throw this on your pull list. If you like horror books, this is fun. This is just pure fun. Do it, do it. Uh, but yeah, fresh, fresh for me. Uh, there's no other books that I'm going to review today. Uh, but before I go, there are a couple of like other things that I haven't had a chance to read that I'm very excited about this week. Um, if they're on your radar or not, you should look them up. Um, first one being the forged number one. This is the new book by Greg Rucka and Eric Troutman with art by Mike Henderson. It, I have no idea what it's about, but the description was wild. It, it makes allusions to heavy metal, uh, the, the, and 2000 AD, um, and it just sounds like a bucket of fun, and I love these creative this creative team. Uh, I I'm I'm gonna be I'm down with this. Uh, anything Greg Rucka gets me to think. Anything with this description of a uh, uh, crazy sci-fi action, I'm also down. So it's just it's a win-win. The um two of the other books that I'm really looking forward to this week is a uh, third issue of Justice Society of America. This is Jeff Johns' return to the JSA. Uh, if you want to call it that, it's a very different kind of book that that spun out of Flashpoint Beyond, which he did with Jeremy Adams and uh, Taylor Sheridan. Tyler Sheridan. Taylor. I'm totally getting that wrong. Either way, uh, it 
it's a direct follow-up from that book some timey-wimey stuff um some future past stuff um all kind of spinning around the jsa uh this is a i mean this is a classic dc book it's it's been fun to read so far so i'm looking forward to the third issue and then the the last one that i i've really came out of nowhere for me well not came out of nowhere because it was solicited oh um is secret invasion number five by ryan north with art by francesco mobili um this book was cool has been cool um i was not hella excited about like i i one of the pet peeves of ours is that they're giving uh limited series or events the same names as previous limited series or events and it's like well which one are you talking about are you talking about heroes reborn 1990 blah 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 are you talking about heroes reborn 2021 are you talking about secret invasion 20 2007 are you talking about secret invasion it's it's annoying but the that this was written by ryan north piqued my interest and that it was meant to be a smaller stakes or not even smaller stakes the stakes are pretty big but a smaller story like the the secret invasion of it all is really just kind of a couple of characters trying to deal with it before it gets bigger so this has been almost like a a fun little espionage thriller in the marvel universe like happening on the side and the final the, the last issue issue number five comes out this week and i've been digging the hell out of this this is really really fun book uh it's not what i was expecting in a good way our our leads are nick fury and uh uh what's her name oh why am i blanking on her name she was in the movies and everything maria hill um and it's it's great this is a really really fun uh marvel book uh, that i'm excited to finish so those are just a couple of things that i really enjoyed but i everything that we that that i got to read today that i got to read for this week it's a lot of bangers even Berserker that just didn't necessarily do it for me. It's like it was halfway there. There's merit in there. There's a good story in there. I just didn't love how it was paced out. So I, I'm, if that's the lowest rung for me, this was a solid week in comics. And I hope you guys enjoyed as much as I did. So um, I won't prolong it anymore. Uh, I miss I miss my best friend, my co-host, JD. I hope he feels better. But the show must go on. And thank you for enduring what you just listened to for the last 35 minutes of my voice going through all of these comics. I hope, I hope that I've inspired you to try something else or uh, validated your decision that you were all excited about something and holy shit, this is it. Uh, Noel liked it too. Yay. Uh, either way, thank you for joining me. Um, we'll just, we'll talk at you guys later. I'll, I'll see you later this week. Bye-bye. you're listening to the cult pop network home to podcasts live shows and a whole lot of fun stuff for every flavor of fan follow us wherever you find your favorite podcasts and be sure to join us live every wednesday night at youtube.com backslash cult pop go at 8 p.m eastern while you're there be sure to subscribe to the channel and hit the bell icon so you'll know when we drop new thunder rounds and episodes of fresh floppies a spoiler free show about single issue comics released each week until then we'll talk at you later